welcome to the GemCast. I'm your temporary host, K Tempest Bradford, and I'm here with Aline Sims from the podcast Less Than or Equal. Alex cannot join us this week, and we're both very sad about that, but it's going to be okay because this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> this week is the season two episode, Journey Through Time. In it, Jim and the Holograms, who are performing at the World History of Music concert, get flung through time by Tech Rat, who is doing things for Eric in an effort to get the misfits in the World History of Music concert and time travel. It's really happening, you guys. And let's just get into it because this episode makes no sense and it's amazing. Are you ready, Aline? I am as ready as I will ever be. All right. Showtime, Synergy. We open with Eric watching Lindsay's show. And Lindsay is doing what she does best, which is explaining things so that we'll know why things are kicking off in the plot. Lindsay explains that the World History of Music concert is next week and that Gem and the Holograms are headlining the show. And of course, Eric is bitter about this. And then he immediately gets a call from Pizzazz, who is also bitter about this fact. And what I want to know is, why don't you all know who the promoters for this concert are? And why aren't you contacting them and saying, hey, my band should also be in this show? Like it. Yeah, um, they often find out things via Lindsay, just like the rest of us. Yeah, it's weird that they also they just don't know about these things. So this concert is next week and they're just learning about it now. And it's like, that's fine for people who might maybe are going to attend this concert. But it's not OK if you're in the music business to be finding things, sing, these things out one week out from Lindsay Pierce. Yeah. yeah, especially if you're supposedly such close competition and like in... I don't know, like in the genre of Venn diagram, there's some overlap there. So you would think they'd be more clued in. Although, I mean, I guess Eric's the one responsible for that. And one, we know that he's not all that competent. And two, he's too busy chasing pizzazz around trying to bail her out of whatever mischief she's in to really have his his finger on the pulse of anything. Yeah, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. It, it really just doesn't. But of course, because this is this show, Pizzazz yells at Eric and she says, you had better get us into that concert headlining or else you're fired. Right. Whatever. Which is what she <laughs> says all the time. You better right. do it or you're fired. This is an empty threat at all times anyway. So, so yeah. So Eric is like, don't worry. Tech rat is on it. And we're all like, oh, tech rat is on it. That's, that's something. Yeah, Techrat is. I, why is he working for Eric and not? I I don't even know. Like, yeah, I think it would be at Microsoft at that NASA point. NASA or yeah, or, like or NASA. Yes, like what or DARPA? Why isn't he working for DARPA? Yeah, I'm just baffled because he's I don't know because he is agoraphobic and well, is he though? I don't know, but he doesn't like people. I totally understand. But he's too good for Eric. So from the scene of uh, domestic bliss between Eric and <laughs> we jump right into Gem and the Holograms doing a video. They're like rehearsing for this concert. And they're like, yeah. And we start the song. Rock and roll is forever. 
What did you think? It's a repeat. It was used in season one. Um, I did a lot of... I don't remember how I felt felt about it the first time. I thought it, I think it's an okay song. Um, I did kind of groan at the the costumes. Um, in, in, in the video, it's like, here's Jim in this, like, I don't know, modern... It's an American costume. Right. <laughs> She's dressed as America. It's her right. cosplay. <laughs> she really is. But then, so, so like, it's an interpretive thing, though, right? And then we have, have the other, um, the other, the holograms, and they're like, oh, well, of course Ray is going to be in a sombrero. And I'm like, why, why are you doing that? Like, I don't know. On yeah, the one, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a really strange thing because they're all, because, because this is the world history of music concert. I guess it's like, by the way, let's remind you all that they're from all over the world, kind of, because mm. America is melting pot. So yeah, Kimber is dressed up in her Scottish, like, cosplay, dancing around with a flag of Great Britain. And yes, Rhea, it, Rhea is in a sombrero floating a, on the flag of Mexico. Mm, as you do. As you do. But I had to look this up. Shayna is dressed as, she, she's dancing around with the Jamaican flag. And I guess what she is wearing is supposed to be some sort of traditional Jamaican garb. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I have many Jamaican friends. I've never seen them wear anything that looks like that. <laughs> and so I was confused. But the one that really actually made me make angry was Aja's. Yeah. Because first of all, when like each of the girls like get surrounded by this pink light and then the, the weird flag thing happens and they're dressed in this outfit and they're, they're flying around in space on these flags. Right. When Aja gets lit up, the, the Japanese flag flies around her and then she's wearing a kimono mm -hmm. and some fans mm -hmm. and she's holding some fans. And I was like, first of all, isn't Aja Chinese? Yeah. I had like that I, moment too. Yeah. Like I thought that we established that. So Aja's Chinese. Why is she dancing? <laughs> Did they get their Asians confused? I, yeah, I I also wondered because I was like, didn't we have that awful episode I try not to think about that kind of established that that she's Chinese and then she suddenly depicted it by I don't know, like like can you not find something culturally appropriate for someone from China or do you think that all Asian people are the same? Or right. like, what is that? It was very, I had that moment too. I mean, I, it could be that the animators weren't given a direction, mm. but it's, but it's real weird that they specifically made Shayna Jamaican because from nothing that we see in the show has indicated that she's actually Jamaican. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, uh, why did they choose Jamaica? Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I I actually didn't know what flag it was. I didn't, and yeah, I didn't because, know either. I looked it up because I wanted to know what they had decided that Shayna was. Like I went looking, and the first place I looked was flags of Africa because I figured, oh, mm -hmm. maybe they like decided on some African country that she could represent because she's black, and they just did that. But then I couldn't find it, and so then I had to Google like flags that have green and yellow and black mm -hmm. <laughs> and then i found it and i was like jamaica 
huh. And I just, I didn't know why. I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily wrong, but like it's, it seems kind of random. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wonder if the animators made a choice and then they made another choice for Aja because nobody told them that Aja is supposed to be Chinese. That could, yeah, I guess I, I don't, it's very weird. It is. Or maybe it it wasn't meant to represent them specifically, but rather, but, but that's, then that's so Ray problematic. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, okay. Well, but th- didn't she also have kind of like, um, like some S- Spanish garb on too? Maybe she, like maybe yeah. there were an amalgamation. I don't know. It it was, it was weird. The, I, f- I thought the costume choices were just bizarre. It was, Yeah. it was really bizarre. And so, yeah. And then at the end, they're all like playing under these flags waving yeah so it's but the song is nice (laughs) yeah the song's not bad and and we learned that when jim snaps she makes purple sparkly sparks fly and i think that's pretty cool that's true that is true she does so yeah that's uh, that's some that's an interesting power that she has Mm -hmm. to make sparkly snaps fly um but what's interesting okay so they're playing at the world history of music concert and I remember even as a kid while watching this video being like, that's cool that they're all flying around those flags, but this song is about rock and roll. What does that have to do with the history of world music? And to her credit, Jem is like, when they get done with the song, Jem is like, I don't know that we should do this song in the world history of music concert because it's about rock and roll and not about the world history of music. I was like, thank you, Jem. <laughs> yeah. My thought, my initial thought was like, maybe they're just one performer. Like it'll, you know, it's a concert and maybe they'll go through stuff and then, you know, Jim showed a rare bit of um, foresight, maybe, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this this isn't quite right." So, yeah, good job, Jim. Yes, but then she's like, "We should go ask Synergy." I'm like, "What does Synergy know?" <laughs> it's they always got to go ask Synergy about things that you're like, "But she's a computer." But all right, so they go and talk. They go to talk to Synergy. Well, Meanwhile, she, she gets emotional. They get emotional advice from her too. Like that's true. You know, synergy is, is the parental stand in. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, in a van on the street, mm, as you do, <laughs> as you do, and I'm like, why is there no security? Like there should be a guard at this gate to be like, there's that van again, because there's always this van full of these people trying to ruin things, blow things up. You think they would have security, but they don't. But Mm-mm. so the van is parked on the street and inside this deceptively large van is Tech Rat and Eric and all the misfits. And Tech Rat has invented a time machine. Why is he working for Eric Raymond? Right? <laughs> he straight up invented a real time machine. You're like, wait, hold up. <laughs> Because the like, misfits are like, Eric, this is completely stupid, which of course would be my thought. But he really did invent a time machine. Which people have been trying to do for centuries. And then... And just, it works. He just does it. And it works with, with a caveat. 
well, yes. Like, you know, so he, he's like, I'm sending Jim and the holograms to the past. And then he does. And, <laughs> and they're all like, what's happening? Oh, my goodness. And like Jim and the holograms and Synergy, they disappear. And I remember it's so weird because just before they disappear, Shannon yells out, Jim, like, what is she supposed to do? She doesn't know what's happening any more than the rest of you do. Why do you always call out her name when something goes down? She's useless, but... <laughs> That's my personal peeve. Yeah. <laughs> but so they disappear and a woman dressed in like, what is it? Yeah. It's 1700s. Like with the German Vienna garb with ringlets, powdered ringlets, wig. Yeah. And like the giant dress, she just appears in the van and she's like, what's happening? And Tegra is like, Oh, I forgot to mention Wolfie. <laughs> Where's Wolfie. Um, he says, Tegra says, Oh, I forgot to mention that when you send people into the past, there has to be a body mass, an equal body mass transfer from the feet, from the past. But one person equals gem, the holograms and synergy. Right. And I was like, that lady is not big enough. (laughs) It's all in those heavy skirts, all in those heavy skirts. (laughs) So that doesn't make any sense, but I love how somebody who wrote this, you know, uh, script tried to throw in some like physics mm-hmm. and science in mm-hmm. this. Tried, they tried. They tried maybe they just didn't have the money to animate more people. Maybe, maybe that is true. But so this whole aspect of Tech Rat having a real time machine that actually works that sends Gemini holograms and energy back in time. This is yet another time on this show where we have like an actual speculative fiction aspect beyond synergy mm-hmm. and what she can do. And that's interesting, like given that the show doesn't really often go there, but like in, you know, sort of clustered here at the end of season two, they've gone there a lot. What do you think about that? I think it's, it's interesting. I think it's interesting. Like I feel like it's m- more engaging um, than the same old, you know, Jim and the holograms so- go somewhere, the misfits chase them and sabotage and, you know, um, so I, I appreciate that they're doing that. And there's even like historical accuracy in this episode, like Mozart's annoying laugh. That's, that's actually a thing. It's, he had an annoying laugh. Um, the, the hairstyles, I don't know a whole lot about stuff. I do know more about 1944, you know, hairstyles. So, like, some of the hairstyles, I know at least, were accurate. Um, so, I, I think it's really interesting that that they run, like, just in this one episode, they kind of run the gamut from kind of obviously, uh, I don't know, made up BS to kind of well-researched animation to really not that great animation um all all just in the first few minutes of the episode thing um and so gem and the holograms <laughs> have landed in a they don't know where they are and gem has turned back into jerica but i don't know why that matters but raya points it out and then she's like, let me try to contact Synergy. And Synergy's like, I'm in a basement somewhere. I don't know so where I am. Weird. I'm in a basement. She's just like, it's some dungeon. I'm like, is this the dungeon from the from the last episode? <laughs> <laughs> is there a man in an iron mask? <laughs> right. And she's like, but I'm on battery power. And I'm like, since when do you have battery right. power? And how much do you have? Those have to be massive batteries. Where are you keeping right. those batteries? 
right, like what's going on? But she's not battery powered, so she can restore the gem hologram, which she does. But I'm like, why does it matter though? I, I guess because they don't really know where they are. But then there's a window that's open and through the window, they hear a man on the street being like, la la la, there's about to be this concert with Mozart, da da. And Synergy, she, I wrote this down because I'm like, Synergy, what? She, Synergy says, <clears throat> where did I put it? It can Austria and it is March of 1781. Of course. Like, is, do you carry the internet inside of you, Synergy? <laughs> like, <laughs> how did you right. know that? Massive hard drives right alongside that massive, massive, massive battery. So, yeah. And then they're all like, somehow we've gone back in time, but that's impossible, but we've done it. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) these ladies have, I mean, they don't have a lot of time to process what's happened to them, but they sure do process it awfully quickly. They do. And there's not a moment of, no, that can't be true. It's just like, well... This is what Synergy told us, so obviously it's accurate. Mozart comes to the door, but we hear him first. Mm -hmm. We hear his laugh that you were talking about before. And I remember that I watched Amadeus when I was a real young kid. Mm -hmm. I don't remember a lot about it, but I do remember him having a horrible laugh that everybody's like, Jesus, Mm -hmm. you not. And I remember that he had some sort of whatever with Salieri and that it was kind of scary and terrible and awful. And I was like, it's clear to me that whoever wrote this episode also had just seen Amadeus and they were like, we're doing this. And I actually, I appreciate that because you're right. Like they got many things right about what was going on. Um, and synergy also before Amadeus can run in with his horrible laugh, she, she makes them look like ladies from 1781 with powdered hair. All of a sudden, all their hair is white And they have like these huge dresses on, but their makeup is still the same, (laughs) (laughs) which I kind of felt like Mozart didn't comment on it. He should have. It's for the masquerade. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So did you clock how Aja was immediately like, I'm in love with this man? Yes. It's Mozart. It's Mozart. And like. Like, she's all rubbing on his head. Yeah, that was super weird. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't, like, would you go up to, a, maybe she would, go up to a, a modern celebrity and just kind of like start caressing them? That's, that's I, I don't know. 1781 was a really long time ago. Maybe things were different then. But. Right. And he's strangely okay with it. Right. Like, he just finds these ladies in his house, right? He's like, are you friends with Costanza? No. Well, I'm Mozart. How are you? Hey, come listen to this thing. And then he just runs out the room. <laughs> How did you get here? Who are you? Why are you here? No, listen, nope. listen to my stuff. And then he goes, he starts playing and then he stops. They're like, why'd you stop? And he's like, oh, I'm just sad because Salieri. <laughs> You're just telling everybody your business. Mm-hmm. You haven't asked a question. I kind of love you, Mozart. <laughs> and then Aja rubs his head. Yeah. <laughs> and then so they're like oh we'll we'll help you get to that concert that you have to be at and Jem like goes downstairs and she's like synergy make Shayna look like Mozart and I don't know why Shayna has to look like Mozart maybe because well okay this isn't said but maybe it's because perhaps people would look at Shayna and be like wait a minute hmm I don't know I don't know if they they had a fear 
for Shayna and time traveling. Uh, hey, hmm. so this is interesting because uh, it, it fits into a new story I read today, which was uh, Stephen Moffat is quoted as like saying that the next few seasons of Doctor Who are very intentionally going to have uh, more diverse casts. Um, which is great. But one of the things he said was he he did that historical accuracy thing. So you might see scenes in the past where there are black people and we're just going to have to ignore that there weren't black people for historical accuracy because this is the right thing to do. And I'm like, wait. Oh, my God. Right. Because it, it's not like like black people did not suddenly appear in Europe in the 1900s. Like it, it's not. People of color have been in many places. Historically, they were just erased. They were not written about very intentionally. Like, and so I kind of feel like, I don't know. Was it for her protection? Was it just because, because Jim thought um, that it would be like Shana would play the role most convincingly. I, does she trust Shana the most? I mean, Shana seems pretty much, one of the more stable holograms. So maybe this is true. that was this is it. True. But yeah, I don't know. It just, um, that that's a really interesting ob- observation that maybe, and maybe it was a, a racial thing. I don't know, but um, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there for listeners. Yeah. People I of mean, color have been everywhere. <laughs> right. They have, they really have. And I feel like it's so sad. Cause okay. So if you know anything about me at all, other than the fact that I really love Gem and the holograms, you know that I have bad feelings about Stephen Moffat at all times. Like there's just no time in which I'm not like frowny faced about Stephen Moffat in his horrible Aww. ways. Uh, so I find it interesting that at least he's like, no, 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 we have to have diversity. And therefore like in the past, even when there weren't people of color, they're going to be some. And it's like, Oh, you were doing so well until mm-hmm. you're like, until you kept historically, talking historically accurately, they wouldn't be there. It's like, no, but they would. And mm-hmm. I feel like I want to send him like a link to medieval POC.tumblr.com <laughs> and be like, please just look at this and know that people of color have been all over the place all the time, please stop. But I also kind of don't want to scare him away from doing diverse things right. by like going, because he's so sensitive. He's such a sensitive little man. So sensitive. And so like, I'm torn, but I really feel like all he would need to do is go talk to Russell T Davies. Cause remember in Martha's, what was it? Second episode when they went back to Shakespeare's time and they, and like Martha and the doctor had a conversation about this. I actually don't. Martha was not oh. my favorite, so I didn't. Oh, look. Oh, honey. So <laughs> <laughs> I know some people have some feelings about Martha Jones, but Martha Jones is my favorite companion. And so, yeah, in the in the second episode, the Shakespeare, I forget what it's called, but it's got Shakespeare in the name. Um, you know, it's the first time that he takes her into the past. Like they've been to the moon. Now they're going into the past. Mm-hmm. And so she steps out of the TARDIS and she's like, oh, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And she's overwhelmed by everything at first. And then she's like, wait a minute, am I safe? And the doctor's like, what? And she's like, and she points at her face. She's like, I'm not exactly white. And the doctor's like, eh, just walk around like you own the place. That's what I do. And of course, like, it's kind of annoying that the doctor's like, I'm blowing this off. But I think that just the fact that Russell T. Davies ensure well i don't know if he insured it because i don't think he wrote that particular episode but he was a showrunner at the time Mm -hmm. and and you know the scriptwriter put that line in Mm -hmm. that that was something that martha could be concerned about 
And even though the doctor wasn't as concerned about it, somebody was thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And that was great. And then actually like in the next moment, there are some, you know, people of color, I believe they're like, they're supposed to be like African workers walk by them and they're just casually just walking by. And when Shakespeare sees her, he, you know, reacts. He's like, Oh, right. You know, we call people like you this and that. And she's like, what the heck is going on? You know, but, but he's not putting her down. He's just saying, right. Like there, there are terms for, for what you are, but he's totally enchanted with her, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's really great. So I was just like, Stephen Moffat, just go watch that episode. My goodness. Like, why do we have to do these things? Yeah. Anyway, back to Shana. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, Donna is my least favorite companion. I just don't think Martha was given enough. I agree. Yeah. Yes. See, this is a, we're we're talking about what the next podcast is going to be. Maybe it should be. (laughs) Welcome to the Doctor Who podcast. Doctor Who. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is the time travel episode. Of course, we're going to talk about Doctor Who. (laughs) So, so Shada, who Synergy has made look like Mozart, goes out with the others. And of course, like there are these dudes just standing on the street. They're like, ha ha, we knew you had to come out, Mozart. And I'm like, well, it's his house. (laughs) (laughs) Like eventually this is a thing that will probably happen. Right. And, and they're like, who are you? And Jem's like, I'm his sister and I'm not leaving him. And he's like, who are the rest of you? And, and I was just like, we're his friends and admirers. And they're like, well, whatever, everybody get in the carriage. And I was just like, that was the weirdest kidnapping ever. It was because they're like all out on the street and I know it's nighttime, but they're literally just on the street in front of the house and they just shuffle like five people into a carriage with weapons and no one notices says halt nothing mm-hmm. uh, explain it to me i don't understand what just happened yeah and also <laughs> also like like mozart surrounded by women and i don't know from what i know of mozart that wasn't necessarily unusual but like i don't it just seemed very odd like we're his admirers and we're not leaving and i was like well that's weird like I don't know. It was very weird. It was very it was weird. weird. But whatever. They they put them in the carriage. They drove away. Mozart runs out of his house and and goes to like do his concert. Um, and I have no idea how sort of historically accurate all is with like the emperor and the prince guy. And like I wasn't really sure what was going on with that. But it was that whole old like Mozart Salieri thing where Salieri's like Mozart was supposed to show up, but he's late. And so instead I will play for you because I'm always on time. And that's why I'm the better man. And then Mozart runs on stage. She's like, ha 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 with his annoying laugh. Mm. He's like, no, 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 I'm here. I'm so sorry to the emperor. But then did you notice how when like Mozart shows up, he's like, Oh, I'm going to do the concert that dudes with weapons come to take Salieri away. <laughs> did you I notice didn't. That? No, I didn't. And not why? even like, swords like they had those sticks that have the like sort of diamond shaped like like headman's axes like Mm. those are the weapons they were holding no i didn't i actually didn't pay attention to that i was i just (laughs) it was just one of the things i was just looking in the background like wait a minute why are they why are men with weapons taking some area away like did he do something wrong for Trying to kidnap Mozart, maybe? Uh, but they didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Because reasons? Reasons and stuff. Mm, and the script. And the script. And the script. Um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to say about all that. Um, Grams are in this carriage <laughs> as you do away as you do. <laughs> and there's a storm brewing and they're like, this storm is getting worse. And Jem's like, well, I think it's time that we end this. And so then she's like synergy project a band of robbers and a band of robbers holograms appears outside of the carriage. How did the holograms appear outside of the carriage when Jem is inside of it? I, I do not know. And why is she wasting, excuse me, why is she wasting Synergy's battery on like all of this stuff when they don't know how they're going to get home or even like, I don't know. I feel like I'd be, okay, let's get to Synergy. Let's huddle up in the basement and let's try to figure out what we're going to do. But instead it's like, yeah. oh, Mozart, let me caress your hair and pretend <laughs> to be you so I can be kidnapped. And then we'll go do things. Like, I don't know. It just, it's like, this seems like a frivolous use of your resources right now. It really does. They are not acting as if they are not acting logically in this episode at all. It's very strange. But anyway, so the robbers run away because they're like, Salieri isn't paying us enough to deal with like highwaymen. And so or the kidnappers run away, I mean. And so they, they do. And they're like, thank goodness they're gone. Let's go to the concert. And then they get out of the carriage and start walking. And I'm like, guys, get back in the carriage. Somebody turn get up there yeah. like, and rein the horses and turn around and take you back. Like, why did you all get out of the carriage and start walking? Nobody knows. Explain it to me. Nobody knows. Oh, my God. <laughs> At the concert. Mozart is playing some brilliant Mozart thing. Sweet. And he finishes and he gets up to take his bow and the audience goes crazy. And they're like, yay. And they're jumping the holograms somehow in like the third row. And I'm like, how did they get third row seats? There were people sitting in the third row. Did they disappear those people with like <laughs> fake robber holograms? <laughs> <laughs> They walked in and Mozart saw them and subtly signaled to some palace guards that they needed to be given prime seats. And so the courtiers who were in those seats were ejected. Um, maybe there were some nosebleed seats for the courtiers. Oh, okay. Just put them out. It's like those ladies with their crazy, that's, that's what needs to happen Yep, to be right here. Yep. So Mozart is super excited. He's like, Hey, y'all made it. And they're like, yay, we totally did. And then, and then the storm outside gets super intense and guess what happens? Satellite interference. <sighs> Alex would be so mad. <laughs> Of course, there's no actual satellite, so I don't know why. <laughs> what is why is the storm making interference? But then, so the their 1781 costumes start to flash away, and they turn to their normal selves. But guess who doesn't turn into Jerica? <laughs> well, but you you've got to preserve Jim at all costs. So she had just a little bit of ability to concentrate. Synergy did. And so Jem is preserved. Mm-hmm. It does sound very sciencey. Yeah. Well, the people around them 
react in the way that I think you and I would react. If we were in 1781, some ladies, their dresses started flashing away and we saw that they had pink hair, purple hair, blue hair. They start screaming, witchcraft, they're witches, get them. <laughs> Isn't that what you would do? Mm-hmm. It's totally what I would do. Yeah. I also, it's interesting to me. So, so previ- previously it's, it's been established, I feel, that these wild hair colors are so want their their awesome hair colors showing. That could be. That could be. They were like, oh, we have to make everything white because this green hair just keeps growing out of me and I don't like it. Yeah. I don't know. It was, I was thinking about that as I was watching. Why? Well, these people don't like these ladies with their strange color hair and their their clothes with their tight fitting pants that just show everything how indecent Mm -hmm. and they chase them out and then they begin to stone them, (laughs) which is not funny, but it's funny because you're like, they're being literally stoned right now. Right. Why is this happening? (laughs) And Mozart's like, no, they're not witches, but nobody's paying attention to Mozart because he laughs too much anyway. Yeah. I know what's that. I was, I was glad when. When we were done with Mozart. Yes. So Gem and the Holograms are about to die. And even though this is sort of a regular occurrence on Gem and, Gem and the Holograms or the show where, you know, right before the commercial break, somebody's about to die. But usually the danger is, well, sometimes the danger is life threatening and sometimes it's just sort of like tension danger. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is the most intense danger right before the commercial break where they're like going to be stoned. <laughs> it's well I mean before it's always been has it always been I feel like it's mostly been hedge my bets um like known quantities like it, it yeah. it's been pizzazz or the misfits under her coercive influence or you know Eric or I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other things. It's mostly been pizzazz and the misfits doing things where, you know, like, okay, they're not really all that competent. Um, but, but people did actually get stoned to death. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And for witchcraft, for witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit, I mean, of course, you know, they're going to be fine, but it's a little bit more real than any of the other scenarios, at least the ones that I can remember where they've, seemingly been in peril previous to prior to a commercial break yeah yeah it's it's very it's very odd and interesting but so luckily tech rat has like typed some buttons and they disappear Mm -hmm. and they don't get stoned to death just in time not to get stoned to death and they reappear in the middle of a burning city which i don't know is any better (laughs) and they're like, where are we now? Oh, and the other thing to know, because again, like Synergy took away their 1781 clothes, mm-hmm. but but kept the gem hologram. And then when they appeared in this new place, the gem hologram was still attacked. Even mm-hmm. though the first time it was like, you're Jerrica. But now it's just, we've left that behind. So they're like, where are we? And <laughs> Shana's like, we're in London in 1941. How do you know that? Because that poster over there <laughs> says so. I'm like, what a conveniently placed poster. <laughs> And it's okay. So the poster is for the Ben Tiller Orchestra. 
And they're like, oh, Ben Tiller, they're one of the best swing bands of the era. And once again, we have, we are not like, wait a minute, time travel has happened. Now we're in a different mm-hmm. place. What's going on? And also nobody's like London, 1941. Isn't that during a war? Right. That may be why that building over there is on fire. Yeah. I don't know. And also this is really scary. Right. What? But they're just like Ben Tiller. Yep. Here's what I want to know. Why is it not just the Glenn Miller band? Because this is clearly the Glenn Miller band. So it was interesting. The final song, they mentioned both actual people and the in-universe substitutes for people. Yeah, so, they do. So they talk about Elvis and then they talk about Ben Tiller. And it's like, so I, I don't know. I was wondering if there was some kind of like weird, like copyright law at the time or. I don't know because it just, it seems weird that they've done, they've done this like several times now, right? When they, when they bring in people who are clearly like Tina Turner and I think you mean Michael Lerner. Jackson. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> No Lita Lerner. Um, and, you know, Luna Dark, who's actually Madonna and all these things. And I'm like, is it because, well, for, for those people for in the gem jam, I thought it might be because all those people were alive at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there might be some weird rule about putting likenesses of people in cartoons without their permission. But Glenn Miller has been dead at the time. He'd been dead quite a while. Um, or as Dorothy on the golden girls like to say, they just haven't found, found them yet, <laughs> but she's part of the search party. That's a golden girls joke for you people who are over 30. So anyway, <laughs> maybe older than that. Um, but yeah, so Glenn Miller's gone. So why, why would they need to pretend that he's someone else called Ben Tiller? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, because I'm I'm trying to think. So like so Glenn Miller was missing in action in forty four. Let's see. Seventy. Yeah. So he That's another one. He Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand I don't it. So but no Glenn Miller for us, only Ben Tiller. And so they're super excited. And then Jem, uh, once again, not using her resources correctly and also not going to find Synergy. I don't even know where Synergy was pretending like I'm, I'm on a boat or whatever. I don't know. It was um, in some kind of room, I think. Yeah. So Jem's like, I hate to ask, but and so she turns them into proper 40s ladies with this hair. And I have questions. I loved the hair, this- though. I loved it. It was <laughs> awesome. It was interesting. What what was more interesting, though, was all of their makeup. Like, the palette, you know, even though Jim was wearing, like, a nice sky powder blue outfit, which would have gone just fine with pink, soon as she put her in some, like, deep red lipstick. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they were all wearing, like, pretty pretty bold lipstick. And I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, Jim should wear that lipstick all the time. Yeah, and also they kept their hair color. Mm-hmm. Um, no hiding the hair color. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It was it was interesting, and I I don't know. I liked. There's something about the 40s, the the hair, the makeup, 
the 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 um what am I thinking of the fashion, the clothing fashion of the time. There's something about it that I just really like. So it was fun seeing them in these accoutrements. Um, That's true. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. Like it, it was weird, but at the same time I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. What's, what's actually weirder is what happens next, which is, you know, they're talking about the, the Ben Tiller band. And then, so, and they're like, Hey, were you talking about Ben Tiller? It's like, right. <laughs> where did you even come from? And why are you listening in on us? Right. And, and like, there's no concept of stranger danger here. They're just like, Oh no. yeah. And, and sure. We'll follow you into this dark building. Okay. Right. Because they're, yeah, they're, they're like, Hey, why don't you come to, to our rehearsal? Strange ladies we found in an alley. <laughs> And the strange ladies are like, sure, strange men we found in an alley. Right. Who claimed to be in the Ben Tiller band. Very weird. Who knows? And and plus, I wouldn't have gone with them because, you know, Jim says, oh, well, this is my band. And the guy's like, lady musician. No, no, no. That's not what he (laughs) says first. What he says first is because I wrote this down because this is the worst. He's like, a female band? Come on. Right. I'm like, okay. First of all, I don't, I don't know why this line is in here because the Andrews sisters, right. They, they're a thing like, but you don't know about the Andrews sisters. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And, and there's proof actually that they do do know about the Andrews sisters, which is coming up. But like that, that line, I was just like, what do you, what Mm -hmm. a female band Ben's got to see this. And so they take them to where Ben Tiller is rehearsing and Ben Tiller is like, where are those two guys are supposed to be here? And instead of being mad that they're late, he's all like, Oh, there you are. You brought some women. <laughs> Which is the great after just, the incredulity where he's just like, Oh, okay. Right. Cause yeah, he's like, look, we found some lady musicians. And Ben Tiller is like, Oh, great. And then for some reason he's like, they should sit in and play with us. And I'm like, okay, now great because that's awesome. But why you just found these women on the street <laughs> and they say they're mu- musicians don't know what kind of musician right what do they do yeah and this band is famous like they're not like gonna be famous later like they're famous at this time right so it's like why would you just have random okay yeah very weird but then you know, Ben Tiller is like, well, I'm not sure if the arrangements will work. And I'm like, how, what? <sighs> but whatever. It, Cause it gives a chance for Kimber to be like in half an hour, I can rearrange your entire score and make it work with our voices. And he's like, all right. And then she doesn't, he's like, wow, you're so super, super talented. Yeah. That was you pretty cool. Your best friend. That was, that pretty was cool. cool. But I was just like, still none of this makes sense. Was, yeah. No. Sometimes you just go with them. Sometimes you criticize and sometimes you just go with it. Mm hmm. <laughs> Now, so then they play at this concert and Glenn or Glenn, I keep wanting to call him Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller says, (laughs) he says, and now our special guest, Gem and the Holograms. Yeah. And this is where I turned to Justin. I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And he said, they're not worried about preserving the timeline. They're not, you you know, like (laughs) there's no concern here. They're just like Jim and the holograms. And I'm like, so are they going to read in a textbook someday about that one really famous, uh, not Glenn Miller 
thing in London where Jim and the holograms and what are holograms? We're doing this. Right. I just like. And so are you going to claim that that's where you got your name is because you read about it from this like historical. Like it was just weird. It It was really weird. Ridiculous. So after after maybe thinking ahead about Shana in in Austria, suddenly it's just like, oh, yeah, Jim and the holograms. Not thinking at all. It's so true. So then we get our next song. And this is where I I get my... So the thing about the Andrews sisters, mm-hmm. they're singing in Andrews sisters style. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's appropriate to the period. So it's that close harmony. They're mimicking the Andrews sisters. And yet still that guy was like, lady musicians. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't understand. And it was great. I love the song. I love this song. I've always loved this song because it's actually like, it does sound like a well done Andrew's sister song with like a Glenn Miller type band behind it. Like the, the composers for these songs, like we're like, yes, let's do this. Like let's go deep into history and let's just do this. And it's, it is such a great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are my favorite gym songs. I think I say this every time where they really experiment and they try a different style and a different sound. And I thought they did it really, really well. I liked the video where it was just basically them and the band, you know, with some some light choreography and some amazing, lovely harmonies. I really liked it. Yeah, this is a great song. This is like, um, you know, on my top 10 favorite gem songs list. So unfortunately, when the song comes to an end, bombs get dropped on them because they're freaking in London, London in the middle of the war yep. and nobody has been concerned about it until this point. And they're like, Oh no, get to the bomb shelter. I'm like, Ugh. and I, I was, I wondered where is the bomb shelter? Are they actually going to be guided to the bomb shelter? Nobody took them. Right. <laughs> it's just like everyone for themselves. And then, and then the roof starts to cave in. And I was like, Oh crap you know what's gonna happen like are they going to be trapped because then my thought was because it's formulaic it's a kid's show it was like okay well we've been one place we've been to another place we're probably going to go to another one before we go home so what happens when the people who were transported who time traveled to the future to replace them go back are they trapped in that building Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. But no, because I mean, maybe they're, they get sent back to the place where they're taken from because they seem to have been in that alley. Because mm. if it's like, if the transfer was like direct, like those guys were in the alley and oh, we didn't mention this before, but like, once again, only two people showed up in the van right. with Tech Rat and, and I was like, but that's still not enough Yeah, people. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do end up trapped in that building because like a a chunk of the ceiling, like a giant concrete brick just falls where Jim and the hologram were seconds before, you know, tech rat once again, miraculously at the very last second saves them from death, Mm -hmm. which I don't think he knows, Mm -mm. but he just does. But because he's like trying to get the soldiers back to where they came from. Yeah. I like your theory where they were in the alley and they were transported back to where they came from rather than where the concentration of mass came from before or, you know, where it was when the, the re-switch, the switch back. I don't know how to, (laughs) when that exchange happened again. 
Right. So, so tech rat is in the van and he says, he's, he's like, okay, I think I finally got it right. And my thought was, have you been getting it wrong so far? Like so far the machine has done what you've asked it to do, which is to send gem and the holograms back in time. And it sends synergy back to you, which you didn't know, I guess. So what has he gotten wrong so far? Yeah, I don't, I, I didn't know either. I wasn't sure why time jumps were happening. Cause I figured it was just like, okay, we're going to send them back and that's where they're going to be. But I don't remember them explaining anything any more than that. It was just basically a way to get Jim and the holograms out of the way so that um, kind of mirroring Mozart and his his rivals so that the gem could be out of the way for the misfits to take the stage at the concert. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> so why, Except, why are you futzing? I don't know. I don't know. But now they're hippies. Now they're hippies. That was awesome too. <laughs> Possesses like right. hippies. Right. She's like, this is getting worse and worse. And I was like, what's wrong with what's wrong with hippies? Somebody had real feelings about hippies who wrote this episode. Oh. So yeah, she Pizazas is not happy. And and there are more of them. Like now there are at least like four people, mm-hmm. four hippies who have come through. So I guess the machine is getting better at this body mass exchange <laughs> business, which it was supposed to be designed to do. And, and then a thing happens where like, because pizzazz complains tech rat then sends pizzazz and the misfits back in time. But when he does this, like what he types on the screen is the misfits and then they disappear. And that made me ask the question, how does this time machine work? Mm-hmm. I thought about that too when, um, not at this point, a little bit later, uh, when Eric, hmm, I don't remember actually, but yeah, there were, I had that where I was like, so you type in the name and it just knows. Right. And the time machine, like, so if, and, and earlier in the episode, he does just type like gem and the holograms. And I was like, how does this machine know what set that is? What encompasses gem and the holograms? Mm-hmm. And, how did it also know to bring synergy mm-hmm. along? Like, how did it even know synergy was there? Could it see into the house? Like, what if one of the orphans had been standing near them? Would it have, like, have excluded the orphan from the Gem of the Hologram set? Mm-hmm. It seems I, like it would have. Because, well, I don't know, maybe not, though. Yeah, I don't know. That, mm. I feel <laughs> it's an amazing machine. It really is amazing science fictional machine like, that makes no sense. These these humans need to be chipped or something so they can have geolocation data. Or, I don't know. I I did wonder as well though. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we switch back to see what's going on with Jam and the holograms. You know, obviously they've been sent someplace with hippies, and also. <laughs> As we have begun to notice, they have been sent, they keep being sent back in time to important musical people or events. And so hippies must mean that Gem and the Holograms have gone to Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And lo, they have. And just like they, they land, they're all sort of in a heap on the floor. And Jimi Hendrix trips over them. And they're like, wow. But Jimi Hendrix is not called Jimi Hendrix. He's called Johnny Beldrix. And once again, I'm like, why can't we just call him Jimi Hendrix? Because it's like, it's, it's not subtle who he is. Right. He's drawn. He looks like Jimi Hendrix. 
He's at Woodstock. You know, he's got his guitar in his hand. I don't understand. Um, and I'm just like, who's going to complain about this? I, I, mm. But anyway, what happens next is weird and confusing and frustrating. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, what is going on? And is that tech rats machine sent the misfits back to before Gem and the holograms got there. Was it days? Was it weeks? We're not entirely sure, mm-hmm. but it was long enough for pizzazz to meet a, a promoter or a manager or whatever to dazzle him with her wit and panache and to make him go, Jimi Hendrix, you're not allowed to go on stage at Woodstock unless you go on stage with this misfits. And Jimi Hendrix being a man of taste and talent was like, I'm not going on stage with those ladies. <laughs> they are terrible and weird. Mm-hmm. And then Jim and the holograph show up. And I, what Elaine explained it to me. Mm. I don't think I can. Like, <laughs> I don't think I can. It was just, it was the, the misfits are about to go on stage somehow. <laughs> like, right. And I, I also just wonder, like, I don't, I feel like Woodstock was not the kind of concert where there were a lot of like promoters and managers involved and being like, Jimi Hendrix, you can't go on stage. Like, I'm, you it know, just happened. I thought, I mean, yeah, child of also the 80s, like, but. Jimi Hendrix, though, like who's going to be like, you can't go on stage except for with these unknown people. Like, right. who, What? No, nobody would do that. <laughs> I hope nobody would do that. I just, I don't feel that that is the way that history happened. And this is weird because this is like the one time where I'm like, the history is all messed up on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, they got some things really, really right. And some things are just completely off in left field. It's very weird. It is really weird. Um, so at first, you know, when Jimmy is complaining to these ladies that he just met on the ground, like literally they were like just lying on the ground. He complains to these ladies uh, who obviously admire and adore him that, you know, these people and the misfits and they're like, Oh, the misfits are here. And so then they go to the stage and then the misfits are there. And Pizazz is like, ha ha, Jim, the misfits are going to play Woodstock. And I'm like, again, with the, you guys are messing with time. Nobody's concerned about keeping the timeline pure. Well, of course, Pizazz wouldn't be, but I was just like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Because I wasn't concerned with anything. Yeah. 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 You know, you can't play Woodstock. You have to keep a low profile. And Woodstock is not a low profile. No, it's not. It's it's really not. And, oh, and this promoter guy is also waiting for, like, some amazing light show machine that I guess he's ordered. And, like, Synergy's, you know, she's running a little battery power. And she tells this, she's like, the the resources are running low. And also I'm in a truck (laughs) and I don't know where I'm going. It's like, we don't know where you're going either. Also, there are no satellites to bounce your signal off of. How are you still communicating? (laughs) Magic. Yeah. Magic. And, and so, so I guess there was maybe another trailer behind the one behind tech rats trailer for all of the excess stuff, because how else would synergy have gotten in the truck unless she was replacing this light show machine, but it's such a, like, we don't see it. So 
I don't know, were there just like other Austrian women in just planted in the city somewhere and had no idea what was going on? Maybe. I it, Yeah, that, that's a pretty big plot hole, I think. Uh, mm, yeah. Well, Jem actually comes up with kind of a brilliant way to mess up the Misfits entire thing about how they're going to play did. Woodstock. Yeah, she did good. She's like, Synergy, create a hologram of Eric Raymond wearing 70s clothes, you guys. And it's so bad. It's so terrible. It's so bad. He's so terrible. And he goes up to the guy and he's like, they can't play because I'm their manager. And the guy's like, what? You didn't tell me you had a manager. Okay, fine. I don't want to work with you anymore. Hey, Jimi Hendrix, do you want to go out on stage? <laughs> and Jimi Hendrix is like, I totally do, man. And he's like, thanks, Jim, of the holograms. And he runs out on stage. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and we, we hear like the opening riff of that epic Star Spangled Banner. Like, right. I don't know. I, I, it looked briefly, and in 1969, Jimi Hendrix was the highest paid rock artist, which I did not know. I knew he was popular. I did not know he was the highest paid, you know, musician at that point in time. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, further further showing that a promoter is not going to be like, yeah, you know, ultimatum. That's not going to happen. Right. Jimi Hendrix happen. is the one giving ultimatums at this point. Yes. Also, also... As long as we're on the historical inaccuracy train, he didn't play that song just like as part of his set at the concert. From what I understand, people, you know, because it was like a three day festival or whatever. And I forget if it was on the second morning or the third morning. But basically, like, you know, as the sun was rising, he started playing that to wake people up. People woke up to him playing that. Can you imagine? So just like, oh, my gosh. I know. It must have been amazing, right? But that's not the way it happens in this episode. Also, before he goes on stage, he gives Jim a kiss and she's all blushing. And I'm like, is this just going to be all about how Jim and the holograms have gone through time and made and kissed on some men and had some men kiss them who are famous musicians? Is that what this is? Uh-huh. Basically. Crushed right. their scalp a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well... The guy's like, well, whatever. Even though I don't have the Misfits, I have this amazing light show because Jimi Hendrix isn't enough. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> so he's like, lower the light show machine. And of course, it's Synergy being lowered onto the stage with ropes, which is already just like, what? How did you even get her up there? And then because pizzazz is pizzazz and she's mad about everything, she goes over and she's like, if I can't be in your concert, there will be no concert. And she flips a switch and Synergy starts to fall. And Gemma's like, Synergy! And everybody's like, ah! And Jimi Hendrix is about to be crushed by a giant AI computer. And then Tech Rat presses some buttons and they all disappear. Tech Rat is very good at, at timing. Right. Like danger, danger, danger. And Tech Rat is like, boop, and there's no danger anymore. Mm -hmm. But then he's like, look, the, I told you. The only way to get rid of all the hippies was to bring everyone back to the present. <laughs> so that's Pizzazz and the Misfits and Jen and the Holograms and everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, what, again, what do you have against hippies? <laughs> oh, they, they were dirty. <laughs> I mean, what stereotypes can I pull out of the back? And they smelled bad. And How dare they? They were bad. How dare they? So they're all back in the present. Although, although now I'm thinking about, um, shoot, 
her dad. Emmett Bennett? Mm-mm. No, Pizazz's. Oh, oh Pizazz's dad, Harvey Gabor. So think about, thank you. Think about when she would have been growing up. It would have been the late 60s through the 70s and into the 80s. And think about the things that her dad would have said about hippies. Mm, that's probably true. Harvey Gabor, probably not a friend of the hippie. Probably not. I could see it. Yeah. Well, Jem and the holograms and Synergy are back in their little room. Woo. And they're all just incredibly chill about this. Like, oh my God, I've I've traveled across two centuries. I'm so tired. No, just whatever. Okay, here right. we are. I mean, Shay does say that can't be real, but then somebody's like, but it has to be because it happened. And then they're all like, mm, true. <laughs> That's real. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, but we shouldn't tell anybody. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> this is not, what are you doing? Like, they're you're too chill about this. It, well, this is the point where they're like worried about things. <laughs> like about, I don't know. Well, I don't, why, why shouldn't they tell anyone? No one will believe them or for timeline preservation stuff. Like, are they afraid that people are going to try to, to find them in the past? I mean, personally, I'm just like, there have to be pictures from that time. The gem and the hologram sat in with the Glenn Miller orchestra. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't make any sense, but they're all happy that, that they're back safe at home. The misfits, however, are not pleased Mm -mm. because they're like, we were going to play Woodstock and we were going to become legends. And I'm like, timeline ladies, timeline. (laughs) And also what would it have mattered if you played Woodstock and became legends? You, were you going to live through the rest of the sixties and the seventies? Right. I don't think that any of you really would have wanted that. Yeah. It's, it's all very weird. Very weird. So, and, and of course they're, mad at Eric because they're like, you, you came into the past. And he's like, no, I didn't. They're like, yes, you did. We saw you. And I'm like, Oh God. And so because Pizzazz is angry, she touches tech rats tech. And we all know what happens when Pizzazz touches the tech. Bad. Disaster. Disaster. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She sends Eric back into the prehistoric past where there are dinosaurs. But then of course, because of body mass exchange, that isn't actually body mass exchange, but whatever. <laughs> Eric, a baby dinosaur appears in this van. Eric Raymond <laughs> is approximately one baby dinosaur. Right. <laughs> and of course, and so like Eric is being chased by a dinosaur in, in the prehistoric past, mm-hmm. screaming mm-hmm. for Tech Rat, like Tech Rat can hear him. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, Tech Rat has problems because the baby dinosaur is eating his technology. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted, I was like, how, how is this going to resolve? Like, they're going to sell this baby dinosaur to science and everything's going to be fine. And Eric's just going to be dead and destroying, destroying everything because he's going to smack bugs and like, just going to screw up evolution somehow. But, right. <laughs> but no baby dinosaur destroys the time machine and everything resets. Right. Eric is brought back, but tech rat is very sad because his machine is broken and the misfits make fun of him for it. Eric, Techrat needs to go work at NASA. <laughs> he does. He needs to go find like. He needs to be appreciated. Cartoon DARPA something. <laughs> because this doesn't make any no. sense. that He just does these things. And then they get destroyed by pizzazz. Because pizzazz is destructive. And the worst. Yeah. 
But now we finally get to the world history of music concert. And because of their experience, Jim and the holograms have written a song that actually really, you know, expresses world history of music. Mm-hmm. And it's called rocking down through time. <laughs> I thought I had this moment where I was like, okay, so they're going to reference like Mozart and big band music and, you know, some, some earlier rock and they're going to do something really cool with it. But it was just a pretty straight gym song. And we had a really, really creepy bust of Beethoven. That bust was not okay. I don't know what that facial expression was, but mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, and I found it interesting that we started out the song with, you know, harpsichord music because, you know, Kimber has an electric piano there, so it can make all sorts of different kinds of sounds. And I remember when I had a Casio keyboard, when I was a kid, I remember harpsichord one, two, and three were like some of the presettings on there and I could play like little harpsichord music. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh yeah, Kimber also has her harpsichord on, on her electronic keyboard. That makes me happy. But yeah, the song, I mean, I, it is a pretty straightforward gem song and it's more like about the, you know, let's honor these people by talking about them. You know, like Mozart had the note and Peter Tchaikovsky made them move their feet because ballet, that was kind of great. But it's still rock music. And and also, as we had alluded to before, when she first introduces the song, she's like, we're going to honor Mozart and the Ben Tiller band and Johnny Beldrix. Mm-hmm. But then in the song, they're talking about the Glenn Miller band. I can't remember if they mentioned Hendrix, but they do no. mention like they use everybody's real name. Like they talk about Elvis and Lennon and all this stuff. And I'm just like, ah. yeah, it made no sense. I mean, there's got to be some kind of logic there, but I just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Also, the other thing I noticed about this song for the world music concert, it's very Western. Shocking. Yeah. It's like Tchaikovsky, Mozart, Beethoven. And then it's like, you know, Lennon, Elvis, and, and like all they have, like, there's this cool thing that goes on with the animation as they do the chorus where they're like, you know, rocking down through time. They have these people sort of step into the frame. So first you see their shoes and it pulls out and you see, it's like, you know, a couple dancing and they hold hands and then they spin around, but it's like all these couples from different eras, like doing different dances. So they had some like swing dancers from the jazz era and, um, Oh wait, maybe not swing dashes, but like jazz era, like flapper people mm-hmm. were one of the ones, but like they went through a lot of different ones, but it was all either American or Western stuff. And I'm just like, yep. world history of music, my butt world, Western world history. I mean, maybe that's what they were meant to represent at the world history of music concert. Cause it said they were the headliners, but they weren't the only band. Right. So yeah, that could be the, that they were just covering the, centric perspective on it right. which and, and in that case good job and maybe they actually brought in bands from other countries to represent other styles of music maybe maybe the lip lizards were like we're here representing romania maybe <laughs> maybe but jem was wearing that stupid america dress uh, again at least the others weren't wearing the costumes they had on the first one Yeah, that's true. They weren't. But man, that America dress is terrible. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's terrible. Any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, well, this is the episode that Justin's been looking forward to since we started because he was like, time travel. And um, I guess I should have asked him to to say, to prepare a couple of sentences, a statement um, <laughs> about it. But I did not do that. Um, but, <laughs> but it ended and he was like, that was pretty bad. <laughs> and I said, well... It wasn't the worst episode we've seen, but yeah, it's just, I, I think they could have done a lot better um, and addressed some plot holes and it would have felt um, not quite as bad, but I, I mean, I didn't hate it. It was fine, but. This is actually one of the episodes that I remember from my childhood and I remember it fondly. I didn't remember some of the like weirder aspects of it. Like the, I remember that people kept showing up in the van with the misfits, but I didn't remember the tech I was like, well, there has to be an exact, mm. that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what? That's only one lady. Um, <laughs> but, but just the fact that they kept like ending up in these, all these time periods and they had to like suit themselves to it. And then they're at Woodstock and Jimi Hendrix is tripping over them. <laughs> I don't know. I find something like it's, it's charming the way that they do like these weird things. Mm -hmm. And I also just like that there's, there is an actual science fictional aspect to this. Yeah. Because, and we don't get a lot of that. I mean, it really is a science fiction show. It's, it's a supercomputer. <laughs> Justin's shaking his head. He's like, this is not a science fiction show. But it, but it is. is. It's a super <laughs> stop it. It's a <laughs> it's a supercomputer that projects holograms. If that isn't science fiction, I don't know what is. Yeah, that's it's totally science fiction. Like, and that and that's the thing, is it's interesting to me how for a show that is very clearly a science fiction show, it doesn't often sort of go deep into mm -hmm. its science fictionalness, but then sometimes it just does. And you're like, Whoa. Yeah. But interestingly enough, GI Joe is kind of the same way. Um, which is another show that was produced by the same, you know, animation production company mm -hmm. and, and it aired, you know, in this oftentimes in the same animation block as gem, like wherever it was syndicated. Right. Mm -hmm. And GI Joe was clearly science fictional because like just because of the things that were going on, but every now and then they would have some technology that reminds you, yeah, yes, it's science fictional, but also every now and then they would have these episodes that were just fantasy. Like there's, there's some episode and I haven't, I know it must be on Netflix somewhere, but I haven't gone trolling through the episodes to figure out where it is, but there's an episode where they, they go to Egypt and they actually end up in the Egyptian afterlife with the Egyptian gods, because of something that Cobra is doing this like Cobra is trying to get something somewhere. And this is like, even before like the whole plot with Serpentor and whatever <laughs> this is before that. Um, and so the thing that I remember about it from my childhood, because it was really scary is that they were at the end of the episode on a barge that was flying through the air and Anubis was guiding it. And they said, okay, so, you know, we, we're done. Like we've done what we came here to do. How do we get home? And Anubis is like, home, you don't get to go home. You're in the Egyptian underworld. And they're like, what? And then the boat like turns upside down and they all fall out of it. And then they end up back in like the land of the living. But for a minute there, I was like, wait a minute, Anubis is going to keep them. And it was really freaky. Mm-hmm. And, but again, it was like, and also they were just like, well, the Egyptian gods are real. 
by the way. By the way. So, yeah, I feel like that's sort of, you know, part of what's going on with the sort of just zeitgeist with these particular cartoons, because Transformers is part of this too. And obviously Transformers is science fiction. Um, but even the, the shows that have a science fictional premise or a speculative premise do like, don't always go deep into it, but when they do, they just go all in. They're just like time travel, Mm -hmm. go into the Egyptian afterlife. Let's just go. Let's do this. I find that very interesting. Yeah. Because you can't do a little bit here and there. You've just got to do it all at once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for this episode. Next week, we're going to be doing Brit Rock. That is the next episode. And that is not science fictional. And we are finally, so we have finally now left behind all of the terrible episodes of season two. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nice. Like okay. the next, cool. The next episodes of season two. And actually, you know, even though I really like, you know, this one, the journey through time, uh, the next one is, is very cool. Um, we're going to, we're going to go back to Britain. Oh no. <laughs> I don't think Robin of Loxley will be uh, there. Okay, though, so we're that's, okay. We're good. <laughs> we're okay. I don't think he's going to show up. <laughs> and then after that, it's the episode about Kimber and Jerrica's mom. That's going to make us all cry. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. But it's such a good episode. Okay. And so, Aline Sims, mm-hmm. you are the host of a podcast called Less Than or Equal. Mm-hmm. Where can people find this amazing podcast? You can go to relay.fm forward slash LTOE um, and hear amazing guests talk about the things that they love. That's amazing. It's pretty amazing. And where can people find you? On the internets other than at that place? Well, I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm Adeline. It's A-L-E-E-N. And I have a blog, mean.com. Um, and then I do some podcasts on the Incomparable Podcasting Network, and that's theincomparable.com is probably the other way to find me. Sweet. I, Kate Tempest Bradford, can be found all over the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Tiny Tempest. Or you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bradford, Or you can just go to my website, ktempestbradford.com. And you can find all the links to all my social medias and all my other podcasting ed- and vlogging adventures, such as the Right Gear and the Tempest Challenge and the You Done Effed Up video series. And also, you should go to Hologram Radio. And listen to all of the beautiful podcasts that are on Hologram Radio besides the Gemcast. We have podcasts that are about reading and books and podcasts that are about like what's going on in the world of nerdetry right now. <laughs> and you can also go there to find a link to our Patreon page and perhaps throw us some Patreon coins to help cover the operating costs of this podcast and others. And also... One last thing that you should totally do is to go to iTunes. If you use iTunes and to give us a little rating on Mm -hmm. iTunes, whatever rating you want to give. I know Alex is always like, leave us some five stars. I mean, he doesn't really say that, but that's what he (laughs) wants. But I just want you to like give whatever is in your soul, whatever rating in your soul that you wish to give us, please do so. And you can even leave a comment with your rating and tell us why you 
like this podcast or love this podcast or can't live without it or why you're like, ah, this is a hate listen for me, whatever. Leave us a comment and we'll give you a shout out on the podcast when you do, Mm -hmm. because we love our commenters and our raters and all of our listeners. You guys are all great and we appreciate you. It's very true. All right. So Alex will be back next week, but until then, Shows over synergy.